0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, if I could stand and applaud right now without it being super weird and awkward and ripping the headphones right out of my ears i would do that right now for the great laura sanko who Ugh. will be part of the commentary team this saturday at ufc 293 alongside john Annick and daniel cormier deserves doesn't do it justice and oh, laura is kind enough to join us from sydney australia right now where it is like the next day from where i'm at right now laura how are you <laughs>
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing really, really well. Thank you. It's been, oh, uh, we were just talking before we started recording. It's been quite the journey. The time difference is killing me, but we'll get there. We'll get there. I uh I accidentally stood up Mike yesterday, totally got my days mixed up. So I'm sorry about that again. But uh we're slowly but surely I'm getting acclimated. And today I'm finally starting to feel about right.
1: So well, by Sunday, we'll be good to go. Yeah, right when you're about to head. Oh yeah, because it's gonna be Sunday by the time the fight happens. Sunday morning.
0: Yep, yep. Yes. <laughs>
1: Well, obviously, congratulations on this incredible news, and you and I have had many conversations over the last few years wondering when this day would come, yeah. and it started with the fight nights, and now we're here. I think Monday is when we finally confirmed it, but you obviously knew before Monday, right? Like, when did you yeah. find out about this?
0: I've actually known for a few months, um, maybe July, I think, at some point, I, they I got the call. So I've known for a little while, but sort of one of those things with, like, you know how it's the same thing with fights. Fights can fall off. Things can change. I wasn't about to like run out and tell the world that this was happening until we got really, really close to it. (laughs) Uh, but when the call came, it was a huge surprise to be honest with you, because I think this wasn't even on my radar. It's not something had been discussed. It's not something I was asking for. Um, it just, it came down the pipe and when it did, I was really excited, really excited.
1: So when did it sink in for you that, I could start telling people like, I can't tell the world yet, but I could start telling a couple of people in my life.
0: Well, obviously I told my inner circle right away. Um, I told my husband first and then, you know, a couple of my friends, uh, it, it's funny because I think unless you're like really, really, really in this sport, it's hard to grasp the difference between what I was doing and then, you know, a pay-per-view because my my parents, for instance, have, they'd have no clue. <laughs> 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 they're all like oh nice, honey good job you know they don't watch any of this stuff they have they have no idea so um but the people that knew uh, or the people that get it really appreciated it and then I in terms of like saying it out loud I was waiting to the last minute honestly I kind of waited for someone else to put it out there and I don't even know how um because I don't think the UFC like made an announcement or anything I'm not sure how the news got out, but I started getting, you know, inundated when I was on my flight here. So I figured, well, I guess, I guess it's out. We'll do this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I kind of noticed when we found out you weren't going to be on the contender series and you're like, oh, I have this, I'm flying to Sydney and there's this really big (laughs) reason (laughs) why, but I can't tell you. And of course, you know, the journalistic hat comes on and you kind of put two and two together and you have to confirm everything, but the reactions have just been incredible between media and fighters. And a lot of the fans that I've seen just so supportive of you with this moment. And I know John Anik, who I speak with quite often publicly rooting on this moment for you now that it was out there and you're getting tagged and all this stuff inundated with all these tags and posts on social media as you're flying to Sydney, like what has this week been like for you since this all went public? You know,
0: I'll, I'll be really honest and vulnerable here. Um, I it's really fun to have all that stuff happen. Um but you know, you start getting tagged and stuff. And what happens is all the comments come to that, you know, that part of your Instagram page where you can read everything that everyone's saying. And yes, the, the overwhelmingly positive, but I'd be lying if I didn't say that like the the negative ones are hard. So I I kind of just quit looking. <laughs> so, uh I don't know, at some point I'll I'll go back and try to reflect on it all, but it was starting to like kind of get to me because I, I think everybody's natural reaction is like, I want to defend myself when someone says something like, like she barely knows anything about this sport. And you know, that, that part, that part is hard. So I've made a conscious effort this week to focus on listening to the people that actually have my phone number. (laughs) So like, if you have my phone number, that probably means you actually know me. And if you're texting me something I'm going to pay attention to what you're saying and I appreciate, you know, someone giving me a nice message and and overwhelmingly it has been awesome. But the truth is, I really have been kind of avoiding social media until all this blows over, because uh, as much as I would like to say it doesn't matter what people think, it does matter to me because I want I'm a fan and I want the fans to be happy with how their sport is presented to them. So I hope that I can win a few people over and make yeah. and and maybe the people that were already excited I was there are even happier
1: yeah well, I mean I'm very excited to to hear this trio and of course first main event you're going to call is a title fight Israel Adesanya yeah. versus Sean Strickland and there's a lot of heat with this one and is he I guess I, I thought he was going to get more of a like a hometown rub and then the press conference yeah. happened and Sean Strickland's yeah. getting cheered coming in to play spoiler and You know, a a lot of fighters from the oceanic region are on the card. Like, Australia just loves their fights. Like, the presser was insane. But what has the buzz been like in Sydney since you got there?
0: Well, I'll tell you, the fans here are are very educated. The fans here are a sophisticated bunch. And the reception's been incredible. I think, you know, I, I had the same reaction you did. But I think as Americans, maybe we don't fully understand sometimes the rivalry between Australia and New Zealand. And maybe how that still has that undercurrent, you know... I'll admit to sometimes always lumping Australia and New Zealand together in my mind. Whereas, you know, down here, there's quite a bit of rivalry, you know, especially in athletics, of course. So some of that might've been like, you're not really a hometown guy, you know, their guy's tie and goodness, you saw the reaction for, for tie to Vasa. And I think Sean Strickland just, I think people are attracted to his authenticity. It may not, they may not want to say the things that he says, and they may not even get behind the things that he says, but I think there's a part of almost everyone that's like living vicariously through someone who doesn't filter what they say whatsoever. And it's kind of like, man, I wish I every once in a while, I wish I could just do that.
1: <laughs> He's like Nick Diaz and Stone Cold Steve Austin, like had a, had this weird, fun yes, child. Yes. Just, and
0: Don Fry, Like I get yes. a lot of Don Fry.
1: Oh yeah, when when his voice gets wicked raspy, oh yeah, you could definitely hear that. Every it's t- a great comparison. Every time
0: I hear him at a presser when he has to be really loud, I just think, oh, there's so many vocal coaches just like, oh gosh, stop, you know, like what you're doing to your voice right now.
1: <laughs> oh man, he yeah, when he yells, he's like Oh, oh I try, ah, trying to like defend himself and talk over people. Yeah, I I totally understand where you're coming from, and yeah, Izzy's just. One of the things I was really interested in with Izzy this week is what was he going to say? Like, was he going to talk about maybe I'm I'm just going to run this dude over? Is he going to overlook him? And he's just he's saying the right things, so that's a yeah. good thing since he and he's got the title back and he's got the win over Pereira and right back at it against Strickland and not Jerkis Duplessis, which I think a lot of people are expecting, but not a lot of people giving Sean Strickland a chance here as the as the betting odds suggest. But it is the yeah. fight game, lore, as you know, where anything can happen and. Sean strikes me as the kind of guy who isn't putting any pressure on himself. He doesn't care whether he wins the belt or not. And there's nothing more dangerous than a guy who is being overlooked with absolutely nothing to lose, is there?
0: That's the thing. And, you know, <laughs> when you go out there and you genuinely don't care there is there is such a freedom in the way that you can fight like that. And I'm telling you, I, th- I think that this fight will be much more competitive than people are giving it a chance to be. Of course, Izzy has the capability to sleep Strickland much like Pereira did. But Sean has, I think Sean is a much more dangerous fighter to Izzy having lost to Pereira already. Because I think that there was a little bit of ego that needed to be checked in terms of like hey Sean maybe you need to fix x y or z he strikes me as the type of guy who's like no I don't <laughs> and until you have someone until you're humbled like that a little bit and what I love about Sean is that he doesn't have the ego so he went and trained with Alex and said hey Alex like what do you see when you face me I love that for him to to have it, it takes a special type of mentality to go straight to the person who just knocked you out and say hey Let's spar. And I want you to show me even more what I might need to change. Um, of course, I favor Izzy in this in this matchup. On paper, you have to. He has so many tools and he uses them. So in such a sophisticated way, I I've said this a couple of times this week, and I'm sure I'll say it on the broadcast, but it's just the analogy that keeps coming to mind is like, you know, Izzy's out there playing jazz and he's bending notes and he's playing extemporaneously and it's just flowing from him and he's creating new chords and Sean Strickland's out there playing thrash metal and he's just in your face with this unrelenting rhythm that may not be everybody's cup of tea, but it gets the job done more often than not. And it's the type of style that's really difficult to emulate in the gym because you need the cardio to back it up. And not a lot of people have the defensive structures that Sean does that literally you would never teach anyone and that that have become part of who he is because of the thousands and thousands of hours sparring for him. And that's why it works for him. But she would never teach someone to use a shoulder roll in a square stance. Like, that's just not what you're supposed to do. But for him, it works 99 times out of 100.
1: Talking to Eric Nixick about Sean Strickland is maybe one of my favorite things in the entire world, because my favorite Eric Nixick story is just the Alex Pereira fight. And I'm just like, what, Ah. what, what were you thinking as this fight was unfolding? And he just keeps saying that, I wasn't thinking he was going to fight like that because yeah. our whole entire game plan was to wrestle. And he was just like, nah, I'm going to punch this dude in the face. And what Eric keeps coming back to is like, every time I talked to Sean about that, if he fought him a hundred more times, he would fight him the exact same way, a hundred more times. Like he wouldn't shoot yeah. a single takedown. It would be the exact same fight. So that's like a really interesting thing for me because. Eric's confident that he has a good game plan. I mean, this is a guy who's got to prepare for Tyson Fury and freaking Israel Adesanya at the same time. And he feels like he's crafted something paying attention to Izzy and Sean. He's been throwing it at Sean. But will Sean stick to that once the bell rings or he's just going to feel the flow of a main event in the title fight and be like, "Nah, I'm just going to punch this dude in the face.
0: All of the technique on paper favors Izzy, but the style of fight could favor Sean if Sean's able to dictate the style of fight. And when I say that, I mean, if Sean can get out there and get right in his face and make him somehow uncomfortable, which is really hard to do, that's the trick. Like, how do you make Izzy, how do you crowd Izzy when he's so good at moving and switching stances and he's going to lure you right into something? That's, That's the trap. But if he can make Izzy uncomfortable and make this a fight, right? Like he's not, Sean Strickland's not going to win a kickboxing match against Israel Adesanya, but Sean Strickland can win a fight against Israel Adesanya. If this fight goes long enough and it goes messy enough. And I do believe that mixing in some grappling would be good. Maybe not shooting double legs in the open mat, but maybe, I mean, I think anytime you can give more Questions in a fight. Ask more questions in a fight. The better. I think if Sean only tries to box him, he's gonna he's gonna be in for a very very long night. But if he makes it a little messy, a little scrappy, Sean Strickland, you can see it when he watches when you watch him fight. He lives for when a competition becomes an actual fight, and he'll do whatever he can to make it a fight. Like the Abus Magomedov fight. As soon as that fight started to roll downhill in one particular direction, it's like this (laughs) bloodlust comes over Sean and he takes his time. He doesn't go crazy and like burn himself out, but like you can see in his eyes where he's just like, I got this guy cornered and it's, it's kind of, it's electrifying to see. But doing that to Izzy is, is going to be hard.
1: Seriously though, how insane would it be if Sean Strickland gets the middleweight title wrapped (laughs) around his waist on Saturday?
0: I it would be up there. It would be up there with Amanda Nunes, Juliana Pena. It would be, I'm not going to say it's like the most insane uh, upset ever, but it would for sure be top five, I would think.
1: Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, Two or three, for sure.
0: Yes. I mean, I'm trying to list them in my head right now. Of course, GSP, Matt Sarah to me, is always going to be number one. Juliana Pena, Amanda Nunes might be number two. I don't know. Then you've got Shevchenko, Grasso, like... We've had some, this is the thing. The MMA gods have been doing some crazy, crazy stuff lately. This yeah. has been a, a couple of years of like,
1: what? Sean O'Malley. Not a lot of people are giving yes. Sean a chance against Aljamain Sterling. That was a whole like vibes thing. Like mm-hmm. what's weird is like you saw paths to victory for all of those people. Like even mm-hmm. Juliana, it was like, eh, maybe New-, and, and Amanda's like ducking her. If Juliana could just use that durability and just kind of wear her down and just run through it all she has a chance but like it's hard finding a path for sean in a lot of respects because of the stylistic discrepancies between the two but not like the more i talk about it like the more i'm like so intrigued by it and the the more i don't know if hilarious is the right word but it would be kind of hilarious if sean strickland is the middleweight champion like i feel like he would just take the belt and like create his own title and wear it around like it would just be the middleweight division would never be the same like the it would be broken like he would break the division.
0: It's like it it, it does, it would feel like an alternate universe, but one that it would be, I would be curious to see what it was like to live in, you know? One of the things I think that, that does make Sean so dangerous though is, and I think he would, I would, I think he would do the things you're talking about in jest, but in terms of actually caring about the title, I don't think he gives a, a crap about having the title. He doesn't give a single crap about it and that makes him incredibly dangerous.
1: Yeah, I just think he wants the beating izzy on the resume more yeah. than the title itself. I just
0: whoever it is, he just wants to get he wants to be in a fight and he wants to prove that he's the the quote-unquote better man, you know? And I think I could sit here and psychoanalyze Sean all day long cuz I think he's a fascinating guy who probably doesn't get enough credit for the work that he has done on himself to change who he was um how he was poisoned as a kid you know, with the things that he was taught to the person that he is today in a gym where I don't care what race, religion you are. He's going to make fun of all of you and all of them love him.
1: Yeah. Nobody is safe. And yeah, there's not a bad thing said about John's or by absolutely anybody. to yep. Tuivasa rocking the lettuce this week. Just looking, looking like a new dude. Manel Cop is pissed off at the whole world <laughs> right so now. Like, what is so going mad. on? What is going on in Cindy <laughs> right now?
0: that was the part of the, pro- I don't think anybody saw that coming, you know, and they're sitting on the same table. And my, my favorite thing, if you go back and watch that clip where they shoot it straight on, just watch Ty the entire time. He's absolutely, he's just there going.
1: Oh, like, relax. relax." Know <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was wild. Manel cop's got to be careful though. Manel, Manel cop needs to be careful. I've researched this kid cause he was supposed to be on contender series and well, again, on paper, of course, I, I favor Manel. Um, I wouldn't be taking this kid too lightly.
1: Yeah, they shoot the box, dudes. Just come in and play spoiler. They're very good at it, or at least they make it a they make it a hell of a fight. Couple couple last things. I know you get a million things going on, but. You spoke to Kathy Long not that long ago, and I thought that was the freaking coolest thing in the world. And for those who are watching this right now who don't know who she is, she was on the commentary team for UFC one on pay-per-view. And and the conversation it's just so crazy, like it's going full circle. That conversation probably has more enhanced meaning now with everything going on, right? Like it went from oh, we're both on UFC broadcast now. Like, this is this is pay-per-view. Like people are dropping dollars down. Like, what was that like? And like, what does that conversation mean to you now with with you knocking on the door of this opportunity?
0: So I first reached out to her when I got the Contender Series gig because that was a big thing because it was like, oh, first female, even though it wasn't even officially UFC fights yet, it it was newsworthy because there hadn't been a woman in the commentary booth, period. So it's like, wow, we're putting a woman... Under the Zufa banner was, you know, what they kept saying. And a lot of them were getting it wrong, saying like, first ever, first ever. And I started to feel bad because I was like, no, 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 I'm not. Um, and then, of course, people started, you know, including her in the article. So our, name was getting, our names were getting put out there a lot together. So I just reached out to her on Instagram and introduced myself. And I said, hey... I don't know how much you follow MMA news anymore, but this is who I am and this is what I'm doing. And our names are getting put together a lot. So I would love to, if it's okay, I would love to talk to you and just, you know, hear what your experience was like. And we talked on the phone for probably three and a half hours straight, first time. Wow. It was was the greatest conversation ever. We just talked and talked and talked. And she told me, I mean, the story of what her experience was like with her first UFC pay-per-view and only unfortunately um, probably will remain buried forever because there was a lot that went on that just will never see the light of day. But what that woman did was incredibly brave because you have to think like she was asked to commentate a sport that didn't exist. (laughs) So like, and I had never really fully wrapped my mind around that until we started talking about it. And then she's like, yeah, I, I didn't know what jujitsu was. She she was a black belt in every striking art that you can even imagine. But this is way before the internet. And so she's like, I didn't, I, I knew of the words jujitsu, but like I'd never seen it before. And so voice Gracie's out there doing this stuff. I'm like, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> can you imagine being asked to provide an opinion on something you've literally never seen before? That would I I was just like that's so incredibly brave that she did that. That all of them did that really. Um anyway, but yeah, we 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 talked then for hours and we've stayed in touch uh since then and then we did the interview that you probably saw on my YouTube channel. I just I just love her. She she's become my like my angel of encouragement um in these in these moments. She always sort of pops in at the right time and we have you know those Friendships that you have online where you don't actually like write out paragraphs to each other, you just send a meme and then like emoji it. And then she'll send a meme a couple of days later and I'll emoji it. Like we're just constantly sending each other stuff that we find funny or interesting or motivational or whatever. So that's the that's the majority of a relationship. And then every once in a while we hop on the phone and, and talk for hours.
1: <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. What's it like being around John Annick on a pay-per-view fight week? That dude is a machine.
0: I'm so glad that you see it because I I wish I should have him on my YouTube channel. That's actually a really good idea. I wish more people understood how difficult his job is. Like what DC and I and Bisping and Dom and Felder do is difficult in its own right because you have to have a very specific set of experiences and knowledge of understanding of the fight game. But technically speaking, what John does is, and I'm not exaggerating this, at least five times harder than what we do. The man has just a, a yeoman's task on an, on a, a big pay-per-view week like this. The number of things he has to do, the number of things he has to write, the number of things he has to prepare, the number of things he has to voice, and do them all perfectly, by the way. Like, he's the guy on the broadcast who doesn't get to say um or uh or fumble over this word or mispronounce a name. Like, his job is to do everything as perfectly as possible and make Daniel and I look good and i the ufc if john ever moves on from the ufc which i hope he never does i hope he stays here for decades and decades it will not be the same without him because the man is truly the best at what he does and i wish more people could see the hours and hours and hours of work that he puts in and all the time away from his family and the sacrifice and stuff like we see that for the fighters but um the broadcast team and i'm saying john chief among them they give a lot to this sport and to this company. They give and they give and they give. And I hope that the fans uh, see it. And cause I don't know, I see it. I'm glad you see it. Oh, he's yeah. amazing.
1: His work ethic is absolutely ridiculous. And he yeah. still like gives, like I'll be like in Boston, like he still gave me like 15 minutes of his time to like chat with him before it's, it's, it's just unbelievable. And yeah. much like, much like you're giving me right now, Laura, with, with all this going on right now. And, I, I, I couldn't be happier for you. I mean, this is Thank just you. incredible stuff. Congratulations. Thank you get you. to be on with Annick and DC, a former two division champion. It's it's Laura freaking Sanko, everybody. UFC 293 this Saturday. <laughs> I cannot, cannot wait to hear you as part of the trio. Enjoy, Sydney. All the best to you this Saturday or Sunday from where you're yeah. at. And, uh, looking <laughs> forward to it.
0: Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you.
1: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.